0: Honestly, I was just working my way up to death. I thought about killing myself every day. I was using all the time, and that's not a sustainable lifestyle. My brother shot himself because of drugs. When you are using technology to lure children for sexual purposes, there's a couple of problems that concern me. But I remember feeling kind of relieved after hurting myself. Do you have any idea how much you were worth? I like to say it this way. Great people are really built in the furnace of affliction. Our teens are navigating a world of information anarchy and increased stress and pressure. Drugs are glorified more than ever before and there seems to be a suicide option that didn't exist prior. As adults, we are responsible to provide the help at-risk teens need. Have teens changed, or is it just the world they live in that's different? Is this why so many teens are traumatized or triggered? My name is Aaron Huey and in 2009 I opened a home for these teens with the hopes of giving them a second chance at creating the life we all know they deserve. Now I want to give parents the information that contributed to our success and to support them in navigating the at-risk world. These are the stories told by the teens and the techniques used by experts to help them. Welcome to Beyond Risk and Back. Parents, I'm still at the Winter Symposium. Uh, a lot of episodes are going to have this beginning. Uh, I am meeting uh, the most intriguing, amazing speakers, guests, care providers. And every now and then, uh, we've got the most, I get to see some really unique modalities. Uh, parents, for those of you who don't know, my previous life Uh, was of an actor. I attended the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. I was a second year graduate and a third year production company member. Um, I've been in over 60 plays. I've been in movies. I've been in commercials. I had a music contract. This was all by 1991 where I fled the, uh, oh, what's a good word for it? Uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. And I fled that city and I never looked back. Um, I did retire from the world of acting, but I have never not been on stage. You guys know I travel all over the world. I have a speaking career as a motivational speaker. Here I am on my own podcast. Uh, But playing a character, being on stage and not being me, that was a part I couldn't reconcile. And as I've grown older, I recognize that the applause has always been a replacement for my biological father's love and the standing ovation was the big loud I love you and that was unhealthy that was the vampiric side of being a bard the healthy side of being a bard is mastering that art of communication knowing what this crowd of people in front of me needs from me do they need to laugh do they need to be serious do they need to that that's a, those are gifts that I learned from the stage that I will never let go of but I've got Jesse Wilson with me, and I'm going to let Jesse talk about his story. But it turns out he's from Hollywood as well, um, and how this conversation of acting that I just went through began. I'm going to let Jesse tell his side and what he does with theater. Jesse, thanks for being on Beyond Risk man, and Back.
1: That was that was a wonderful intro, man. Thank you for having you me. You've got this a nice really, projecting really cool. voice, right into. Yes, that thank mind. you. I'm <laughs> using my diaphragm, I'm centered. Vocally connected. You know the focus. Yes, right. absolutely. Well, what you know, what you're talking about is, is exactly a confirmation of the work that I do, man. And it is, we're talking about shifting one role to the other. And, you know, my, in my early work is in theater, and you'll hear this from a lot of young actors, and I hear this from people in recovery who have no experience with acting, is that I feel more like myself when I get to play somebody else. Eventually, percent. Yeah. yeah, but eventually the masks come off, hopefully, and then you start to see, you know, who is this, who is this other character that I've been carrying around with me that I wake up with and I go to bed at night? Um, who is this person? What is this role? And I want to invest myself in that role. And that ultimately becomes the most challenging and most liberating role that we can play. And what I always say is when we, when we remove the mask, the greater story has an opportunity to emerge. And so that is, that is the work that I do. Like, like, like you, man, I was acting for a number of years and, um, (laughs) that role that I eventually had to come back to got too painful. Uh, and I couldn't be, I couldn't disappear anymore. I didn't want to run and I didn't want to hide anymore. And so I had to look at the man in the mirror and that wasn't easy, but ultimately, uh, it got me here. So, that's my path to recovery.
0: So uh, there is, in the four prime archetypes, which I lecture a lot on, the warrior, the wizard, the jester, and the bard. As we look at the bard's archetype, what we begin to see is that we, we fall in love with this person, okay? Because they've presented something to us that's connected us to our emotions. It's that's, that's made us feel deeply. And when it turns out that this person who has done this and affected us so deeply turns out to be someone we don't know. And I'm going to use Kevin Spacey for an example because what he's having to face for the person he is underneath the makeup, behind the scenes, backstage, and on his side of that wall, we felt like we were betrayed. We're like, wait a second, this is the president of the United States, and it's not, it's an actor. He's also
1: a fellow Juilliard graduate. He is a fellow Juilliard.
0: Exactly right. So when we get to know the real person, And we think People Magazine or Us Weekly is telling us who these people are. But the truth is they're wearing makeup. They're wearing costume. They're saying someone else's words. That's not who they are. And we don't get to see backstage. And the drama that you and I have experienced backstage is much more exciting than what's happening out front on stage. But what I know and what I heard you alluding to is that when I was up on stage as a child, as a young man, It was a safe place for me to be that emotional because I could have the fears, the tears, the anger. And I would, I would be in the
1: theater, a safe place to be dangerous.
0: Yes, exactly right. And the more dangerous you were, the more on the edge of the seat, the audience was. So now we come off stage and we're in an environment where everybody says, hey, you got to tone it down. You need to. That's a little intense for me and stuff like that. How do we translate this? How, how do we take that artistic expression of raw emotion
1: and make it real? Yeah. And how do
0: you do it? And who are your clients that you're doing it
1: with? So the program that I'm doing is called Lessons from the Stage and Recovery. Surprise, surprise, right? <laughs> um, and the, the, uh, the origin of this program actually began with my work with incarcerated teenagers. And then that branched off into working in maximum security prisons with adults. And uh, and then eventually that opened up the door for the work that I'm doing in, in recovery. Uh, and to, so to, to answer your question, it's really, it's interesting, man. It's really taking the same procedure that you, that you take to breathe life into a character. Uh, except that character is no longer Hamlet. Character, their character is no longer David Mamet. The character is you. And so this, these are the lessons from the stage, and they go beyond just mere entertainment. And I had that was a wake-up call for me because I, I got to see the power of the, of the tools of the theater in the hands of people who can give a flying crap about acting or Juilliard or any of that stuff. They were broken. They were in pain. And they had this idea of themselves based upon a lot of other people and a lot of other things that told them, this is who I am. And so, how do you get beyond that? You know, how do you get how do you get beyond just the intellectual knowledge that I am more than just this idea of myself? This is who I really, really am. Right. And so, let's take the tools of the theater. And what is what is the most important thing that an actor has to have in order to breathe life into a character? Well, you could say it's you know it's this and that and this and that and this and that and that. And that. For me, it's about conflict. It's about looking at the thing that is holding this character back from what they want. Right. And so we see that conflict has an enormous value, of course, in, all right, I'm playing Hamlet. What is holding Hamlet back from what he wants in order for me to make this a compelling three-dimensional character? Um, You know, I have to know what it is that's holding them back. That's the obstacle, the sacred obstacle. Well now apply that to our own lives. Well, I can say, well, yeah, okay. I, the, the obstacle makes sense as a character, but my own life—screw that! I want to sweep it under the rug. Why? Because it's uncomfortable. Right, it's painful. I don't want to deal with that.
0: It's the biggest conflict. Yeah, it yeah. is.
1: But what we work what we, what we get to see in the theater, and this is this is the magic of the theater. If I'm fighting something that much, I know that there's something else behind it. There's a gift. I call it the gift behind the barbed wire fence. Nice. It's there, and so. You know, rather than just talking about it, I get to experience it on my feet. I get to see that other side. And so, and we see this, of course, in recovery. I'm not fighting so much the thing that got me in here. In fact, I'm looking at it. It's not that I want to wake up in the morning and say, you I'm getting kicked in the stones. But I'm grateful for at least to be able to have the grace to be able to look at it differently, not just look at it differently, but to actually use it. And so that, that using it becomes the pivotal experience where we create essentially a monologue.
0: Tell me, tell me exactly what a, a day, a session program with you looks like. If I'm running a treatment center, which I do, uh, and I want to bring you in to work so you with my walk kids. In, there's
1: three large, three by, uh, a five by seven dance mirrors, and you get to look at your body. And then in front of you, you got a thing, uh, and I, I would show it to you right now, but if you're on Wednesday, come see what I'm doing. Because I, I also got Kelsey volunteering. You got a whole table of character masks. And these are distorted, misshapen, effed up looking things. What do I do with it? And I have you put it on and the face directs your body and I have you become a different character, right? And then I have you take off the mask and I say, okay, it's amazing how we want to prejudge these as villains, right? How do we make that shift from the victim or the villain to the victor, to the hero? And so I have you create a short scene and you work with another person who becomes your director. And you create that scene that shifts you from the, the pain to the pleasure state of this character, where we're able to see something almost redemptive about this character. And if you can allow yourself to make that shift in this character, well, that literally sets the stage for what we're asking you to do with you. Wow. We get stuck in our old stories, literally stuck like it's a tar baby. And we think that's who we are. The ego in the, the program that I'm teaching is called Unmasking the Human Ego. So we take all the seven voices of the human ego uh, and examine them through the role of the mask, and what that eventually, of course, comes back to is, is is ourselves. What is our old story, and what is our new story? And the old story plays a pivotal role in getting us to the new story. where We're not fighting so much of the shame and the fear and the and the the, the labeling and all the negative self talk. We're using it, so. We say thank you. We have a, we honor. It. We and this is the theater, the best teachers, and you know this. They don't, they don't say sweep all that shit that got you to the theater under the rug. Excuse my language. They're saying use it, use it, use it, use it, use it, use it. You know that quote, what we resist persists. Yes. And if I'm spending so much of my time fighting, then I'm I'm missing the goods because maybe I don't have to fight it so much. And that not fighting it allows me to step into the role. Uh, and make that shift into the new story. And then, so eventually, so so the the workshop is broken up up into three acts. Act one is the role of of the human ego. And act two is flipping the script, the value of conflict. And act three is the culminating performance of the monologue that you're gonna create based upon the work that we've examined through the human ego. And you're literally creating a different character that is your emotional truth to step into that new or that greater story.
0: Did you bring this work, this stage work to these people through your own recovery process? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Can, yeah. can you talk a little bit about? I would love to, uh- <laughs> absolutely.
1: Well, this goes back to what we first started talking yeah. about, that role, and okay, uh, I am I am out of my resources. Here I am, uh, nothing is working in my life. This is about, uh, about 15 years ago. Uh, living in Philadelphia um, and um, that's finally maybe for the first time in my life take a look at this role called Jesse and it was the it was the it was the work in the theater that brought me back to um, a healthier place in my life and it wasn't oh let me get back on stage and perform it was um, let me really examine what Works for actors. What works for characters in my own life, and that that came through my work actually as a drama teacher. So starting over again for me was working with at-risk kids, working with people whose lives made my life look like freaking Disneyland,
0: you know. <laughs> yes.
1: And um, and for the longest time, acting for me had been about uh, was an ego-feeding proposition. Sure. It was, as you know, uh, it was about. Uh, more than just making a living, it was being in the spotlight and being on all the time. I'm a Juilliard graduate. I was trained to think that as soon as I got out there, bam, come on, you know, red carpet time. Right. And that wasn't the it
0: case. It didn't happen. It didn't We are not happen. all famous. Yeah. What had They yeah. promised us. Yeah,
1: exactly. Stella exactly. Adler
0: told me that I was going. <laughs>
1: exactly. I want my money back. Where's I want to reset. I want to start all over again. <laughs> so... You know, I've got I've, I teach what I need to learn every single day, and so I had to look at the main things in my life that were holding me back, and that was well. Chuck C in recovery says there's only one problem, that's the human ego. Yeah. So let's take a look at that. And so, um, so I don't know if that entirely answers. It your does. Question, but it yeah. does, and I think
0: I think anybody who's been involved in theater at some point you know moms who are listening who had the same aspirations and dreams you know brad pitt talked about it in fight club it's like we were all promised that we were all going to be famous rock stars and it didn't come true and we're really angry about it yeah and yeah so so i think i think more people understand this and i think this new generation where they're looking at the rock stars of today getting sponsored on youtube for narrating someone else's video games it's no different it's just another performance
1: well you know and it, it also helps uh to see that so many close friends of yours who are brilliant um have either lost themselves uh to drugs and alcohol or are no longer here yeah and i got to see that up close Yeah. people who are uh, who, who who have these ideas of what life was supposed to look like I had a best friend who killed myself in in high school shortly before I actually went to Juilliard. And it was, I read, did a whole one-man show about it where I got to play all these different characters. I got to play him. I got to role reverse with him on stage in order for me to really understand um, the barriers that keep us from living an authentic life. And, of course, we all want success. And we all, you know, that's wonderful. But if, if if that's the only, if that's the prize, we are setting ourselves up for some serious premeditated resentment. And that that is a dangerous trap. So, it became a my life purpose more than just for my own self, but to work with other people who didn't necessarily it had nothing to do with necessarily being an artist, but had these ideas of what life was supposed right. to look like. Right, right, right. You know,
0: this allure of fame. Yes, and the the, uh, uh, the 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 sickness the sickness that's behind it. That again, it comes back to the ego. That so much of us who were looking for that fame had to we were trying to fill the unfillable hole right and what am i what am i if they're not clapping am i any good and that's all that's a hard thing to get over it's a mature thing to get over and actors who do you can feel it when they're on stage and actors who don't yeah that's Yeah. that's a look listen we need a longer conversation. I want to do another do. show with you. Act two will uh, begin some other
1: time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm very fascinated this because uh, uh, the questions that I have around it about, you know, it, does it work better for children? Does it work better for people with more life experience who are ready to to have that ego thing handled? As children are still developing ego, um, I got a lot more questions about yeah. this. So, so. Jesse, I want I want to do another show.
1: Absolutely. Well, just the, the main thing with that, and, and we'll obviously we'll we'll have a long conversation about this, but you know, the, the work with the there's not enough work that really educates people on the role of the human ego. And the biggest misconception right. I, I hear is somehow we're supposed to get beyond it or rid ourselves of it, or you can't. It's like freaking air. It's so it's about it's a it's a partnership with it. We bring our darkness into our light. And, and and we work with it but not unlike a scene partner right you know and that's how you do it and because it's getting ridding ourselves of the he, human ego is a is a fallacy of thinking it's it's right yeah you don't right.
0: survive without an ego right you, you'll you'll be dead in 20 minutes right. without an ego right yeah. so we need it right it's when it's running
1: everything when it's running the show <laughs> that's right all right man.
0: Okay. So yeah. Jesse, I want, I want people to know how they can contact you. Parents going to listen to this and go, I got to talk to them because my daughter is such a drama queen. My son is such a drama king. Yeah, it, I,
1: so we've got programs all over the place in recovery right now. And it's, you know, lessons from the stage of recovery. My website is uh, www.tellthewinningstory.com. That's, nice. I'm the CEO of that program. And, um, and then, can I get my number? Yeah, do no, please yeah, do. So yeah, so I'm at seven one nine two one six eight three nine zero. My email is Jesse, J E S S E at tellthewinningstory.com.
0: And and for since since our it'll take a bit before we get to see jesse's face i need you to know he's a mix between a liam neeson and a kevin oh, klein well, and- <laughs> nice, yeah. wow man, I'm <laughs> and feeling better all by the minute. my <laughs> and ego is completely uh, elevated here's right the applause now. right yes. now oh, my <laughs> instant gratification it, yeah. you were talking about when i was back in philadelphia i what slipped up what wanted to slip off my tongue is were you willie loman were you on were you in mute you know were i you was you? not
1: willie loman but i was happy loman you were happy Loman. Uh, yeah i was in depth and i have a great story with that but we'll, we'll share with that with okay it, yes, yes. so
0: parents uh, who
1: happy who was anything but happy Yeah, yeah. You know. so
0: parents I want you to stay tuned for uh, Jesse Wilson uh, I'm calling this episode the gift behind the barbed wire fence Ooh, I love that name that's, nice. that's a good name um, so parents this is the lady from Dubuque saying uh, you got to take care of yourselves first you take care of your adult relationship second you take care of your children third because in that way we do our best work with our children jesse wilson we're gonna talk again we got another show coming up parents i'll see you again from the winter symposium cool thank you for joining us for another episode of beyond risk and back join us each week for your connection to experts in adolescent health and wellness recovery and responsibility and also to listen to teens talk about their lives in crisis For more information on our program for struggling teens or me, please go to FireMountainPrograms.com. Join us on Facebook at Fire Mountain Residential Treatment Center or at Beyond Risk and Back. Visit our YouTube channel at Fire Mountain RTC for even more support with our parent training videos. Special thanks to Mental Health News Radio for their continued love and support of our program. Please go to mentalhealthnewsradio.com to see all of their podcasts. Feel free to email me at aaron at Programs.com.